Um, we didn't talk yet about music without words. What is your thinking there? Um, I, want to, I want to touch back on something you said a moment ago and tie it into, um, again, something from Paul. Paul said, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is pure, good report, um, think on these things. Uh, you said a second ago, the words are, are fundamentally important. And I want to underscore that and state the reason that I'm tying this into what Paul said is that as we listen to these things, it, it becomes a meditation that shapes us, like which is why it's, it's not simply something that we can say, well, it's, it's basically, it's just a throwaway. Uh, I just, I like the feel of the song. You may just like the feel of the song, but if it's a song that has a message of any kind, that's verbal, especially, it's something that you are doing the act of meditating on. For most of human history, story was the way that history was passed on. Identity, belonging, community. When someone was brought into a new community, it was, it was done through learning the stories of that culture, of that, of that tribe or that people group. And oftentimes, that story was set to song, specifically because, as you said, it was much easier to remember those lyrics set to a melody than it was to memorize the words from an encyclopedia. And anyone who doubts this, I, I just say, hey, take it to the bank and try it. Uh, sit down with the encyclopedia, just look up on Wikipedia, try to memorize one paragraph from any article on Wikipedia without any music, and then set it to music and try to memorize it with music. Or take a different one because you've already done, you know, you've already done the work on the first one. See which one sticks. See which one becomes more sticky. So, your question: songs without music. This gets to a different question, which I was going to toss to you. And so, I think, I think it's great that we are getting to this. And that is this: Are there styles of music? Um, and I just mean the, the notes themselves, the arrangement of the notes, the meter, the rhythm, the melody, the harmony that are good or evil. New Age music is the first one that jumps to my mind when you ask this question. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have any message, doesn't have any words. I know that at the heart of the composers who have written the majority of New Age music are not hearts that are set on God. They're hearts that are set on a naturalism or a pantheism or even a paganism that says, you know, there's a higher power maybe and the higher power really is inside of us and we need to get in touch with that so that we can all live in harmony and, and vibrate together with the vibrations of the world around us and, and blah, blah, blah. And to that, I say, um, no. I <laughs> but I can also say this. Um, if I want to have a calm space, New Age music helps. As a, as a genre, New Age music, because it is soothing, because it is flowing, because it goes in ebbs and flows, but also because the, the melody is one that, you know, it may kind of be tonal or move through some tones slowly. 
it has a calming effect. That calming effect is neither good or bad. And I'll come back to this every single time. All of the music is amoral. The music itself is amoral. However, it is something that is that we are consuming, that is shaping us. Mm-hmm. If I'm listening to new age music, and as a result of listening to this new age music, I'm being shaped to seek out a guru mm-hmm. to find how I can get myself centered, unlock my chakras, and uh, let my chi move more freely so that I can have my best life now. Yes, I know I'm mixing a lot of things together, but uh, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm, I'm replacing God and his truth. And putting yourself in his place. Putting myself in his place and putting myself at the center of all of this. Clearly, all of these things here are so that I can realize the best version of myself right now by the work of my own hands. Mm-hmm. Simply put, that's idolatry. So a simple answer would be music that leads me to idolatry is by definition bad for me. And I would fully, I fully agree with the understanding that often your past is what dictates how you engage with that music. Yeah, so, sure. For example, you know, you were never brought up in a space where, you know, new age music was an issue. You always heard it and it's like, oh, it's with waterfalls and other stuff and often makes me think I need to go to the bathroom or go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you came out of that, and that is part of your story, then don't go near it because it is a distraction. Um, and you, you hit on earlier as far as like the consumption of it, it's just like meat or anything else. Um, some were giving meat to idols and mm-hmm. they were wrestling with, you know, should we eat that? Yes. Um, you know, if my brother or sister in Christ has come out of you know, an area where this type of music was played, and this is an area of weakness for them, then I will be a vegan for them. Like, I will not participate because this is, um, again, an area of weakness. This is, and when I say weakness, this is an opportunity for God to grow us together. This isn't weaknesses and they're more fragile or less fortunate. This is um, God able to work through this by knitting us together so that we're on the same page kind of weakness. Um, but I do understand um, that requires sacrifice. And as a community, um, it makes it so we end up with a limited playlist. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, to, to not offend. Um, but, you know, you're in your home, you're doing your devotional, and you want to play some music. Again, if it pulls you away from God, then that's a no-go. If it causes you to bear fruit again you consume something what are you producing if it makes you angry it's not the fruit of the spirit yeah you know if it makes you um you know jealous again you know and lusting after things of the world the cars the house the you know the money whatever um again not part of what god would have for you um, and it should encourage you to god um, it should encourage you to jesus to his word and for that you know, if the word doesn't have music and you're just happy letting it play in the background, that's fine. I know for a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what helps keep them awake when they're wrestling with stuff in the text, um, mm. background music. And then mm. others where music was their 
norm. So they need a library. They need complete silence. Anything mm -hmm. out of that is a distraction. Neither one's wrong. It's more about getting close to God. You, you quoted Paul there a second ago, and what he said was, all things are allowed, mm -hmm. but not everything is healthy. Mm -hmm. You can eat the donuts. You can have the Krispy Kremes. You can go and have the Skittles. There's no law that says you can't in God's word. But if that's what you're having, it's not going to, it's not going to raise you to a point where you can experience the life that you've been made to experience and live the life, lead the life that you've been called to lead. Um, music, in a way, causes us to be aspirational. It draws at our desire. Um, and it's going to draw our desire to something. Either something is going to be something that is of God and that is pointed at worshiping God, or it's going to be um, opposed to God and opposed to worshiping God. Um, really does come down to, um, I, I think, a matter of recognizing that we can make an idol. We will make an idol out of anything that causes us to pursue it. And it is, it's up to us to really guard our hearts well to make sure that what we're putting into our hearts isn't popping out the backside as an idol that we then bow down and, and start giving homage to. Mm -hmm. So a question, a couple of questions for you. Um, are drums satanic in Christian music? <laughs> This is an easy one. It is an instrument like other instruments, so it's not satanic. <laughs> what you do with it, that's up to you. But now hold on, because I got to push back on this a little bit. Go for it. But drums originated in Africa. Mm -hmm. Go for among it. Among Africans, mm -hmm. and they the syncopation <laughs> of the rhythm leads to altered states of consciousness, um, and yeah. have been used with. Um, pagan and oftentimes satanic rites and rituals and we have imported that into christian music knives have been used for that as well and yet we use them at dinner table every day um <laughs> that, that's not you know, i thought i had you there dave that's like saying we need to get rid of rocks dude um <laughs> <laughs> well, was somebody long time ago so we okay great like, no, that's not how this works. Um, you know, you can look at David, and he gives instruments listed out. You can see in the Old Testament that God is for music. As long as you are focused on him, that is the big thing. It's to glorify him. It's not the instruments. It's not the music. It's the heart. You know, and it's coming out. I, can, I mean, I'm happy with a guy playing the congos, just as I'm happy with a lady playing a guitar or someone else playing a harp like it's it's about um well furthering the relationship bearing fruit in the relationship with god mm. and, and sometimes it's just relaxing with him so mm. no words just relaxing i'm at peace me and god i'm going to sleep god i'll see you in an hour <laughs> okay. okay all right all well, right I, I thought i had you no no next <laughs> okay next question next question um, 
is there a problem with contemporary Christian music? And, and let's focus first on, <laughs> on white cultural evangelical music, and let's focus on black cultural evangelical music. And maybe you could get one of these to me. I, I don't care. Talk about race here. You want to go straight here? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, it's just cultural symbolism. It's part of worship. Um, but the contemporary is one of those things where um, it is different in the cultures. Contemporary music or changing music um, is uh, um, part of a norm when it comes to um, diverse church. You travel, you see, I mean, um, when our, I mean, when, let me go back. Um, now I can't remember his name. But when our, when Rhythm and Blues was first started, a lot of mm -hmm. the people who played Rhythm and Blues in the club came to church on Sunday and played. Mm -hmm. um, so that is part of how the gospel was, gospel music was formed. It was taking um, something that was being used, you know, for one activity and then applying it so that you could, um, again, draw closer to God. It wasn't just to make it swing, but it was a recognition that this is easier to remember. This is easier to do. Um, this is part of the learning, like you're continually moving forward. So. When it comes to contemporary music in general, it is moving forward, or at least it's trying to. It doesn't matter whether it's African-American or any other color, creed, or whatever. Um, it's the idea that you're trying to introduce new things to the worship. If it's distracting, then that, I mean, that's easy. Um, if it does, it is helpful, and sometimes less is more. Um, that's a good thing. Uh, where people struggle is um, when you have your style and you like it to such a degree or are fixated on it as far as, you know, um, putting it on a certain pedestal that yeah. it has become an idol and you're no longer willing to um, engage with the other stuff. You're not willing to um, listen as though you have the corner on you know, a certain type of music, Christian country. Um, this uh, limiting of self is not what we're called to do as family. Um, we're called to love one another as God loved us. Um, we are called to um, love God first. In loving God first and loving others as we love ourselves, I have to be willing to be gracious when it comes to style of worship, because it's just that it's style. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we're talking about, you know, contemporary music where, you know, someone's cursing and it's supposed to be considered contemporary Christian music. Well, that's, uh, no, that's art, man. That's artistic. <laughs> uh, no. Um, again, that gets back to the words. That's a distraction that's not needed. Um, you clearly aren't thinking of the lesser brother, the new believer, or the actual child in Christ, you know, the little yeah. who are listening to the music. That, that's not called for, that's not needed. That, that might be striving to reach the broader market. God bless you. You're created to worship God. You should just do that and know that he's the one who pays your bills. He's the one who blesses 
um, your efforts. Um, so, you know, the style of the music is not a negative for me. Um, we just have to be willing to sacrifice some of our comfort. Mm -hmm. Christ didn't come for our comfort. <laughs> um, <laughs> he came so that we could be one. And that requires us to let go of some of those things that we like because of his love. So, okay. 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 So I think about, um, I grew up every Sunday morning listening to gospel mm -hmm. um, and then going, going to church where it was definitely not gospel being played. <laughs> no comment. Um, here's my critique. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. The music I listen to outside of church, let me, let me say that backwards. The music I listen to in a corporate church setting should sound different, at least in the words, than the music I listen to um, when I'm by myself for personal edification, for mm -hmm. personal growth. Okay, so I want to say that right up front. There should be a difference. There is a difference between praise and worship and than just music, there is. Uh, entertainment, a, a big but, difference. There is, but there's even another difference when it comes to Christian music. Praise and worship is a is a lane in Christian music. Yes, it is. Because I know one of the big things, even on Sunday here, is that gospel music is typically about moving forward day to day, whereas worship music is about lifting God up. And, you know, that should be more of the normal. Camp out, camp out on that for a second. Camp out on that for a second. When you say moving forward day to day, what do you mean? So in, in typically in gospel music, it is about the struggle and how God keeps you through it. So it is more of a, um, a me-centric type of music that um, pushes me to hold on to God. It's a, um, um, it's a celebration of God's love and grace and faithfulness um, as you move through whatever you're going through. And so there are different songs for different things and people celebrate that. Um, and that's a, a beautiful thing, but that's not the same thing as worship music, which is lifting God up. Now there is gospel worship music, just as there's contemporary worship music and traditional worship music, but worship music really is about praising God alone. This has nothing to do with me. This is really about God and his characteristics, his um, willingness to intercede for the, you know, on the behalf of the sinner. Like it really is all about God. And that's what Sunday worship should be about. It's about God. It's not about me. It's about God. So you end up with, a lot of different lanes where people feel as though this should only happen here. Um, if you are coming to worship God and part of the culture is to celebrate what you've come through, then yes, that is fine. But understand worshiping God has more to do with who he is than what you've gone through. Um, understand also that gospel music is amazing when it comes to motivating you to dig deeper, um, to get past the noise of the day, the drama of the day, and to get close to God. Um, 
there is a distinction in worship music where it can become more head than heart. And often in gospel music, it is so much heart and so real and passionate that I love it when the two come together. Yeah, I do as well. But it is very rare. It's very rare. Um, and so, you know, I encourage people to listen to both. You know, there are different times, as you're stating, there's different types of music from worship on Sunday to, again, I'll listen to gospel in the car to try and deal with the loss of a loved one or dealing with yep. dealing with all these things. It's not pointing me away from God. If anything, it's saying God's here in this moment. Stay faithful to him. <laughs> stay faithful to him. Stay faithful to him. Stay faithful to him. <laughs> and that's a me part. I have to do that. So, so when something really hard happens in your life, do you laugh or cry? It depends. When mm. something funny happens, do you laugh or cry? That depends too. <laughs> when you get angry, do you laugh or cry? It, it really, it really has to do with my perspective on God. Like yeah, it does. God isn't changing. It's one of those things where I have to be accepting of His will. And if I'm in a place where I'm trusting and and comfortable with who He is. And I can laugh. I can also cry dealing with the expectations that are not true or that I've placed upon God. Um, so, so then the danger would be if I, as an observer, watching you go through something, put onto you the expectation that you're going to respond to this experience mm-hmm. the way I would. Correct. That'd um, be, that, that I'll step into judging you. Correct. And you see that often when people come into a church and assume again with the style of worship Mm -hmm. that it is wrong because um, everyone is crying or everyone is overjoyed Um, this really has to do with your relationship with God and um, making it and keeping it real yeah If, if, if if you can come and worship God on a Sunday and never feel motivated to lift your hands to say thank you if you can come in and feel like you were fed and left and and the Holy Spirit never moved your heart to do more for him in service that day as well as in the week, then I have to challenge you on whether you actually worship God because mm-hmm. he's so holy and so gracious at the same time that you break out some worship music in the parking lot, people start moving. And it isn't the dancing, it's the, the recognition that the God I serve genuinely is the god of love yeah and that causes me to respond every time because i see myself in light of who he is and what christ has done yeah we've covered a lot of ground i'd love to ask you a couple more questions but i think that for the sake of the time here (laughs) i I, i'll throw these out there to our new believing friends there are a couple key points that i'd say take these and chew them a little longer as takeaways um anything that you can consume can be made into an idol. Anything that causes you to focus on yourself as opposed to focusing on God may make you an idol for yourself. And anything that is pointed to God should reflect the world that he created in its goodness and its beauty and in its truth. And if it's doing those things, the speed, the meter, the the, the tempo, the harmony, the melody, the instrumentation, the instruments themselves... All of that, be really, really open mm-hmm. to the fact that people are going to have different preferences, and that's a good thing. 
That's because God is a God who's big enough to incorporate all of our different preferences for how to express goodness and truth and beauty back to him. But at the end of the day, we as Christians are called, we were created to glorify God. And so at the at the bottom of all of this, the question that you have to ask yourself is, is what I'm listening to right now pushing me, encouraging me, edifying and strengthening me to glorify God, regardless of what it is I'm going through? If it is, I praise the Lord. Keep on going. If it's making it harder for you, if it's stirring up some of those things, as Dave was talking about, anger, envy, pride, fear, check that. That that should be a yellow flag for you. That's not something that you need to have on your plate right now. It might be that you can have those Skittles later. I'd say don't even worry about it. <laughs> Certainly don't have to in that time. There is so much when it comes to actually creating. God has called us to, again, to produce something. Where people have become consumers when God has created them to produce. I would challenge people, produce. <laughs> Don't just settle for what is good around. Word. Produce. That's a good word. Just just do it. Meet the people you need. Do what you need to do. Again, a harp, a banjo, I don't care. But really, go on YouTube. You'll see some stuff and you're like, how in the world does this have six million views? Why? Because no one else did it before them. So go ahead. <laughs> Romans chapter one, music. And get that joint done. Like whatever it is, do it. Do it for God. Amen. So who are you listening to right now? Who am I listening to right now? Who am I listening to? I'm listening to Tadashi. Um, my son's loving that one right now. Um, what album is that? It's Never Fold. Um, I've got Show Baraka, Turn My Life Up. Um, I've got Andy Minio. Um, I've got the wild wow track from 2018. I've been spinning that one just because it reminds me of a lot of stuff. Um, if you don't know who the wow group is, they take a whole bunch of top music and collect it. And you can just buy one CD and it makes it easy. Um, Make money off of it. <laughs> um, I've got um, uh, some Louis Armstrong and um, some Duke Ellington as well. Mm. There you go. Nice. There you go. There you go. Okay. We're all done for the day. It was good playing with you. Come back and play the next day, whenever that is. God bless. <laughs>